You're listening to episode number nine of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. This is going to be a special episode. Not one guest, but four. Hit it. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Thank you for showing up. Uh, before I get started, just as a reminder, if you haven't, subscribe to the show so you get all the new episodes right to your door when they come out. Right now they're coming out every other Tuesday. And so stay tuned and uh, subscribe so you get them. Also, if you can, leave a quick review on iTunes. It really means a lot to me and it will only take you two minutes. Now, today's episode is a unique one in the sense that it's a compilation episode. And what I mean by that is usually I'll have one guest on and we'll talk about a specific topic for that episode. But for this episode, I put out a divorce question uh, to a bunch of experts, and I'm going to incorporate four of the responses that I got from uh, the guests out there and into one episode. So I'm going to ask the question, and I'll give you the question in a minute. You're going to hear the answers from four individual expert guests uh, and get their take on it, and I will chime in in between the answers to give you my two cents. And so it's a great kind of different type of episode. Uh, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you get uh, find it informative. And let's get to it right now. The question that I pose to the guests is, what, in your opinion, is wrong with divorce court today? Now, our first guest is going to be a very well-known attorney, Randall Kessler. Randall Kessler is probably one of the most prominent divorce attorneys uh, in the country. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. He's the author of many family law books, including Divorce, Protect Yourself, Your Kids, and Your Future, the Georgia Library of Family Law, Forms, and How to Mediate a Divorce. He's also an adjunct professor of the Family Law Litigation at Emory Law School, and he has served as the chair of the Family Law Sections of the American Bar Association, the State Bar of Georgia, and the Atlanta Bar Association. You've probably seen uh, him on different TV appearances. He has published many articles for the Huffington Post and is one of the most preeminent experts on divorce I think you can listen to. So with that, I pose the question to Randall Kessler, and this was his response. Let's, let's listen in. So the question is, what's wrong with divorce court? But the answer is nothing, because a court is just a court. It's just wood and tables. What's wrong is bad people sometimes get into divorce court. What's right is that sometimes good people get into the court. If you have a good judge and good lawyers and good mediators and good guardians, then that's a good thing. But the more bad people, people that are interested in money or not worrying about the children is what's wrong. So I cannot tell you that something is wrong per se with divorce court because a divorce court is in essence just a room. It all comes down to people and humanity. And I've always thought I'd rather have a great judge and a bad court system than a great court system with a bad judge. Hope if you're ever in court, you have the best of every professional. 
All right. I think that was a great answer uh, by Randall Kessler there. And I just want to add a little bit of my two cents on that. So I agree 100% that it's the people who you are dealing with during this process that makes all the difference. It's not so much the process itself, although I do think there is some room for improvement in how things work within the confines of the legal system. But that being said, if you have good attorneys, okay, I always say attorneys, while they should be part of the solution, can oftentimes be part of the problem if you don't have the right ones handling your matter. Uh, If you have good attorneys who know what they're doing and know how to address certain issues when they come up, and you have a good divorce judge who knows how to handle those same issues when they come before him or her uh, in court, makes all the difference. It's when you have a bad combination of those three uh, that you can really get screwed up, uh, especially when we're talking about the judges, because in divorce court, the judges hold the power and they are the ones making the decisions. So um, if you have a bad divorce judge uh, who makes bad decisions and lets the case, for example, get out of control um, and doesn't know how to kind of rein in the parties, then that's a problem. And it's going to be a problem for your case. And if you don't have attorneys who don't know how to handle judges who don't know what they're doing, that's a problem too. So it's the people that really make the difference, and that's why I like that answer. Um, It's the people who know how to operate within the system. That being said, like I said, I think there are some things within the system that can be refined uh, and further addressed, but it's hard because, especially when you're dealing with custody issues, for example, if you have uh, a dispute as to which party should have custody, or you can't agree on a parenting time schedule, or what have you, how are you supposed to figure that out, right? It's a dispute. So the parents, while they, in theory, would hopefully should be able to figure that out uh, with the help of a maybe a third-party mediator or another advocate, if you're getting divorced and you cannot agree, what are you supposed to do? That's why the court is there. The court is supposed to be the final arbiter of those decisions, And there has to be a formula and a system in place to handle that. And like I said, it may not be perfect now, but a contested custody uh, dispute is not pretty. Um, And I'm not sure there's a way to make it pretty. So you have to have some way to handle it. And this is the best way uh, the courts have come up with it for now. And like I said, it's not pretty. And I don't think it's the final answer. But it's the people who operate within the confines of that system That can make all the difference. All right, let's move on to our next guest. Next, we have Brandi Whiteley from thenewfamily.com. She is a single mother of two, and she's from Toronto. Uh, She's a frequent radio and television guest, and she talks on parenting topics all the time. She does speaking engagements on the topic of positive co-parenting. She does one-on-one divorce coaching. Uh, She also is the editor of the New Family uh, Dot com, and she's a writer and spokesperson. Uh, she's former editor-in-chief of the Canadian Family Magazine. Uh, Brandy has a interesting take on this, which I will compare to the U.S. system um, in a minute. But here is Brandy's response to what is wrong with divorce court. Hi, Jason. Brandy Wikely here from thenewfamily.com and the New Family Podcast. You asked about what I think is the biggest problem facing divorce courts today. And I guess my feeling is that 
The problem is that they don't consistently offer enough access to mediation and other services such as family counseling and um, parenting coordinators that would help divert people away from family court. Unfortunately, there is, gosh, just naturally so much to work through when there's been a breakdown in a relationship, a lot of um, hurt and complex feelings, a lot of insecurity about what the future is going to look like. Unfortunately, that does pit people against one another too often. If only we were providing more opportunities for people to work out their issues with a mediator, with a parenting coordinator, then perhaps we wouldn't have this slow, arduous, and very expensive process um, unfolding in the courts. They would then, you know, court time would be for only the most difficult cases, and more people would be brought together to come up with a solution that helps everybody and that's a win for all. Uh, I guess my hope is that those resources will will build over time and that more people will be able to stay out of divorce court. All right. Thank you very much, Brandy, for that answer. Um, I think it's very interesting because there's some obvious differences between the Canadian system of divorce and the U.S. system. And one of those differences appears to be the lack of mandatory um, mediation or use of resources, like you said, uh, such as parenting coordinators and things like that to kind of help encourage the parties to resolve their differences um, ahead of time before they get, you know, before a divorce judge who has to make that decision. Um, I'm actually happy to say, while I can't speak with 100% certainty for every state um, here in the U.S., a lot of them, if not most of them, if not all of them, have some sort of component within the process of getting divorced where they, at the very least, encourage the parties to attempt to go to mediation or some alternate dispute resolution to resolve their differences before it gets uh, to the final hearing before a judge who will make that decision. For example, here in New Jersey, um, the courts have what's called mandatory Mediation. So at some point during the process, and it's not it's not at the beginning, because work has to be done before you can fully have all the information uh, on the table to digest to be able to resolve uh, your disputes. But especially for parenting issues or custody issues, um, you can do that early on here in New Jersey, and the courts encourage it. And in some cases, it's mandatory. You have to attempt to mediate in good faith. Also, I know a lot of courts um, do here in the States have parenting coordinators or some court staff who are trained to deal with custody and parenting time issues, meet with the parties in an attempt to negotiate uh, some sort of, at the very least, temporary solution until the details and, and final uh, you know agreements can get worked out later on during the process. Now, I'm not going to lie, it's not always successful, um, but the court does make these resources available uh, here, and it is encouraged, and like I said, oftentimes mandatory part of the process. So, you know, at the very least, they're trying. I mean, you can't, especially when you're talking about mediation, one of the components is that it's voluntary, and you can't force somebody, though, to settle, right? It takes two you have to be happy. You have to want to. And then if you don't agree, then that's why the judge is there. But 
the courts do what they can to put the parties in the position to try to amicably resolve things with the help of a trained neutral. So uh, that's one of the differences, apparently, between the states and the uh, Canadian divorce system, where it seems, according to you, Brandy, that uh, these processes or resources uh, aren't readily available, and it doesn't sound like they are mandatory part of the divorce process. All right. Our next guest is an administrator from uh, a very popular Facebook support group, the Make sure I get this right here. Divorce Separated and Single Parent Support Group. Uh, again, that's on Facebook. And uh, he's going to give us his opinion from uh, one of these administrator perspectives. So let's hear it. Hi, my name is Michael, and I'm an administrator on a divorce and single parent support group. So my opinion, the uh, biggest problem with divorce court is just the time it takes, um, everything's long and drawn out. And of course, the expense with the attorneys, uh, you really don't get very much done and accomplished. Uh, there's a long drawn out process. Uh, it's very costly. It would be much better to do mediation or just kind of come to terms outside of the court. So that would be the biggest problem that's happening in today's courts is just the length of time and, you know, all the, just the long um, process of, of the court system, which is kind of universal along all the lines of the court systems, not just divorce court, but uh, when you're paying an attorney good money to, to go through that and you really don't make a lot of progress, then uh, that's a major issue. So I hope this helps and, uh, Thanks for letting me be a part of it. All right. Thank you, Michael, for that response. I appreciate it. And it, you could tell it kind of comes from the heart. You have some personal experience and you, through the Facebook group that you are one of the administrators of, you know, hear about this quite often. So I kind of feel like you're a voice for many others who kind of feel the same way. Uh, my two cents on this subject is, and this kind of goes to Randall Kessler's response earlier on in this episode is that a lot of problems that people face, whether it's the, you know, how long everything's taking or the how much is it everything costing comes to the people that are handling it for you. And again, that's a combination of the attorneys and the judge. So a divorce in and of itself really doesn't have to take long at all. If everybody was on their game, you know, you had two attorneys on each side who uh, knew each other, got along, and were just trying to do the, you know, best thing for their clients all the time. Uh, and everybody's working together to exchange all the information, and um, there's no real fighting over who's going to get what or custody or parenting time. You can get divorced uh, in a couple of months. I mean, it really doesn't take long. It's just a matter of putting together an agreement, drafting it, and then going to court and getting it signed. Now, that's a best-case scenario, right? It, when you're in a contested situation and people are not agreeing, that's where everything starts to get drawn out. For example, I'll take custody again. If you have two people, parents, who cannot agree on a custody um, arrangement or a parenting time arrangement where they will see their children after they're divorced. Because obviously, 
nothing's going to remain the same as it was pre-divorce during the marriage because now you're going to be living in two separate residences. And unfortunately, with children, because there's only one of each, you got to you gotta figure out where they're going to be and when, right? Um, so if you can't agree on that, then the court might have to order evaluations. Those take months and those cost tens of thousands of dollars. Um, but there's no other way to go through the process, again, if you can't agree. If you want to agree, then it shouldn't take long at all. And you don't need evaluations necessarily. So it's things get drawn out and become super costly when people can't agree. I always tell people, and I say this in my trainings, that time is money, right? So the longer, the more you want to fight about something, the longer it's going to take. And if you have attorneys, the more it's going to cost you because you're paying that attorney's hourly rate uh, to do whatever it is that's prolonging the process. So uh, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that is your key to just give in on every issue, but you got to pick and choose your battles. And the more you fight over, the longer the process is going to take. And a mediator, a another advocate is not going to be able to help you in that respect. They might help you talk some sense uh, between you and your spouse. But if one of you, you know, and I'll just say, let's say it's your spouse, if you're listening to this, if your spouse uh, is, for whatever reason, um, hell-bent on making this miserable for you, there's only so much you can do to prevent that. Um, And that's the unfortunate truth. Um, But, you know, you can't force somebody to settle, which I said before. So, that's my two cents. You know, if you have the right people in place, though, uh, it does. The process does not have to take a long time, and it really does not have to cost you everything you have. So, again, that's a combination of having the right attorneys, having a good judge, and just everybody doing the business at hand to get through it to move on. All right, our next and final guest for this compilation episode, and I hope you're enjoying it because I think it's. Pretty neat to have a bunch of different voices answer uh, the same question on the same episode. It's a nice change of pace from the typical format. And so our next guest is Audrey Zeta. She is from worthy.com. If you don't know about Worthy, go check it out. Because if you are in a divorce and you have some valuables, uh, jewelry that you want to unload, whether it's for karma reasons and whatever, you just need some money and you're not sure how to get a fair price, Worthy is the place to be because they will sell your valuable items, your jewelry, whether it's a diamond ring, a watch, whatever you want to get rid of, they will sell it in an auction style format and, you know, it's beautiful. You you don't have to worry about, you know, are you getting a fair price? It's all certified and I'm actually doing a individual podcast episode with Audrey to talk about this. So in any event, check out Audrey's answer to the question, what is wrong with divorce court today? Hi, Jason. Thanks for having us on. This is Audrey from Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. When I think about what kinds of things the guests on our podcast have told us and what the members of our Facebook group talk about, the idea that really stands out the most to me about the biggest issue with divorce court today is how litigation can take a family where the parents maybe don't want to be married anymore, they're not the right fit for one another, 
But litigation can take a bad situation and make it worse. A lot of people will give you advice like write down the dates and the times that all these things happen and keep track because maybe one day it'll become an issue. And when you're in a space where you're not really having issues quite at that level, litigation can sometimes push smaller problems into these these bigger issues that can become very toxic for families. We think the best case scenario is to embrace a fresh start after divorce in a way that allows you to live your best life. And I think part of that is letting go of resentment for your ex, being able to encourage your children to have good relations with your ex and whoever else is in their life at this point. And sometimes litigation can really create toxicity that wasn't necessarily there before. Of course, if you find the right lawyer and the right community, it's full of solutions. And we wish everyone the best of luck. All right. Thank you, Audrey, for that response. And I like it because if you listen carefully, basically, it's it. she was saying that with the people that she deals with on her own podcast and her, in her Facebook group, that litigation is the problem with divorce court. Now, for those that aren't exactly clear on what litigation is, you've heard the term thrown around, and I'll explain it to you really briefly. Basically, litigation just means court. It means if you are solving your problem via litigation, you are going to court and having a divorce judge make the determination on whatever the issue is for you. That's litigating. Um, fighting. Basically, it means fighting because you can't agree to resolve your dispute any other way. For example, instead of litigation, there's various different ways you can solve a dispute, especially in a divorce context. One is something you've all probably heard of, mediation. Mediation is when both parties get a mediator, which is a third-party neutral person. It doesn't have to be an attorney. Oftentimes it is an attorney for various reasons, which I'll, I'll do a separate episode on. But mediation is a way to resolve disputes, and many people do it. So uh, that's one. Arbitration is another. Arbitration is similar to mediation, except instead of a mediator, you have a third party who's called the arbitrator. And the main difference between arbitration and mediation is mediation is non-binding. And what that means is if you can't come to an agreement, then there's no settlement and you continue on litigating. Um, arbitration is the arbitrator will make a decision like a judge would do and it's binding most of the time. Okay, so um, arbitrator, while it would be a neutral third party, they would be making a decision where a mediator doesn't make any decisions. Another form of what I would call alternate dispute resolution, also shorthand ADR, you might have heard of the, the letters ADR, well that's what it means, alternate dispute resolution, which are other ways other than litigating to resolve your issues, is called collaborative divorce. Collaborative divorce is something new, uh, it's become a lot more trendy in the last decade, uh, I think it's still up and coming, I think it's a great method, and again I'm going to get into details about all these alternate methods in future episodes, but... Uh, for now, collaborative divorce means both parties have attorneys. They each have their own attorney to, to represent their interests, but they both agree to try to resolve their issues outside of the court system, outside of litigating. So you kind of sit together, you work together uh, to try to, in, in essence, negotiate and mediate your own disputes. Okay, You can bring in other professionals, whether it's a, an accountant, a forensic uh 
you know, investigator if that's necessary, but you all agree to, you know, proceed in a special way. These collaborative attorneys are trained, especially in collaborative divorce. You have to get certified to practice it. Um, and again, it's usually a quicker and cheaper way than litigating. Litigating is the most expensive. There's no doubt about it. And it takes the longest, okay? The court system does not move quickly. If you've been involved in it, then you don't need me to tell you that, right? I hear it all the time. You know, it's been six months, nothing's happened. What the F is going on? And well, that's the court system. I always tell people the wheels of justice turn very slowly, okay? And um, there's just really no way to get around that. But if you're working outside the court system, you can work at a quicker pace most of the time. So uh, I like that answer that litigating is the problem, and I would tend to agree. I think litigating is a last resort, um, and only if you cannot work together with the other side or the professionals can't work together – then litigation is your only option, and that's why it's there. But it should be the last option. So thank you, Audrey, for that. I really appreciate it. All right, there you have it. I thought that was a great episode um, from a very group of people. I hope you really enjoyed it. I know I did, and I want to do more of these compilation-style episodes in the future. If you have any ideas for topics, please just shoot me a quick note. Let me know what you're interested in, and I'll be sure to try to get that done for you because, after all, I'm doing this for you. So uh, I don't want to make episodes that you're not interested in. You know, Shoot me an email, jason at jasonlavoy.com, and let me know. Let me know what you want to learn about when it comes to divorce. All right. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. Uh, you'll get episodes when they come out. Right now they're coming out every other Tuesday, so stay tuned. And uh, please go to iTunes, leave a short review. Uh, it take you a minute. I really appreciate it. If you enjoy the show, go leave me a quick review. Also, do me a favor. Follow me on Instagram because I have links to everything that I got going on all over social media. And that's the place to get it from. That's the source. So follow me on Instagram. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, stay positive. That's it for now. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Dwarf Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.